Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Shrink Think Podcast. We've got another exciting panel here. We're bringing some people on from Joe Sanox Practice of the Practice Killing It Camp. We've got some amazing therapists from across the country here to share their wisdom, their experience in working with clients so that you, our listeners, can benefit not just from, of course, Nathan and I, but you can benefit from their years of experience as well. Today, we're going to be talking about kind of a follow-up to a previous episode we recorded on when you get stuck in therapy, how do you identify what's going on and getting yourself unstuck? Or as I said before the show, how do you see the unseeable? So these unfortunate therapists are going to try to answer that magical question. Um, so no pressure, guys. But why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves, who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about you. So Valerie, go ahead and get us started. Hi. So I'm Valerie Harris. I am the founder and clinical director of the Trauma and Therapy Center that is located in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is just north of Nashville. We are a practice of about 15 therapists and growing um, by the month, and we primarily treat all forms of trauma, so complex trauma, combat trauma, military sexual trauma, attachment trauma, adoption trauma, all of it. Um, and so I'm glad to be doing this. A fun fact about me would be that I had a scholarship uh, in college to basically do musical theater. So that's a little unknown thing. That is interesting. I'd like yeah. to see it come out soon. Yes, we're having a song at the end of the show. It's so weird you'd bring that up. Chris, how about you? Oh, well, my name is Chris Rhino Swenson. And I'm the owner and operator of Rhino Wellness Center in Sterling, Colorado, which is a small rural area in northeastern Colorado. So most people assume when you come here that you'll see all the mountains around and stuff. But I'm out on the eastern plains in the boonies. So it's not too far from everything. But And so I work with just about everything almost out here being in a rural area. Um, been doing that for quite a long time now. And then I also do a lot of like uh, mindset, mental toughness training online. And I also do where I help other people write their books as well online. But a interesting fact, I always say it's like a fun fact for me is I am freaked out of snakes completely. And recently <laughs> when I was in Florida at this resort, they had signs everywhere, like watch for gators or watch for snakes. So the gator is like, whatever. But when I saw the snakes, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then people would see some, even though they said they would never see them around. But when I was there, they were. I was like walking down the middle of that path, always there. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say, so I left Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're never coming back. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so fun. I got to go back. But yes, as long as they just don't mess with me, I'm okay. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. So in terms of uh, 
talking about the subject of clients being in therapy, you know, you guys are therapists, you work with people where you've seen them get stuck or they've brought this issue up. Maybe just, first of all, what do you see going on? What's happening? Um, for me, you know, people will come in and I think they kind of know an idea of this is something that's not quite right for me. Something's not going well. And they'll begin to kind of talk about things that they're aware of, things that they're comfortable with. But as they start to get in it, they get to a point where, yeah, like I've kind of met this spot. Like, where do I go from here? How do I get something further from that? And a lot of times what I'll do is, you know, you're trying to help them really develop that observer point part of their mind so that they can be get a lot more awareness because what's going to be needed is getting in kind of in those situations or in an uncomfortable situation, for example, where a lot of this stuff will start to kind of come out. Now it's not like going in and doing something crazy because that's traumatic. It's not like that, but it's trying to get into that scenario where now I can start kind of noticing, you know, what kind of thoughts go through my mind during this time. You know, where is my focus when this is happening? What is my typical response during this time? How am I perceiving this at this moment? You know, that's going on. Like sometimes we have a tendency to like avoid. Um, and basically when I sum it up, it all comes back to fear to some level, you know, fear of that. I don't want to experience this uncomfortableness fear of, I don't want to know this part of who I am. And sometimes I really don't want to see myself in a negative, bad way, you know? And so if I find this stuff out where I'm not so great, then maybe that won't be so good for me and what that's going to look like. So whatever that hang up sometimes comes, it's trying to work with them to identify what that might be um, is one thing that I'll try to get to. So it's kind of like a, an adventure point of let's kind of experiment and see what kind of comes up and then go from there. That's great. I often see people um, coming in and there's seems to be two types of people. One would be someone that's really anxious and wants and feels really stuck in that pain and wants out of it and wants out of it like right now. And the other one is the one who's just not really sure about the whole therapeutic process to begin with. Like, I don't know if I can trust you, I'm a little more avoidant. And one of the things that tends to happen is, is both of them have a preconceived notion of how therapy should work based on how they think it should work, or maybe just the, the pain points in wanting out of that. Um, and so sometimes it can be difficult helping, especially those with trauma, understand the importance of attunement with the therapist in safety and pacing. So I find that a lot of times people want to hurry up and just get through the thing and get better right away and not understanding that rushing that process won't necessarily get the healing that they're looking for because it could get a little worse before it gets better or on the flip side, understanding the importance of knowing the therapist and feeling a connection to the therapist and feeling safety within that relationship to make sure that it is, it, it's a relationship that can sustain the depth in the level of work that needs to be done in order to make movement. Because if that's not there, it's actually going to cause more harm. 
Wow. Welcome to the fire hose of these therapists. That was <laughs> so good. You probably need to rewind and listen slowly. A like, few times. Yeah. But you're getting down to the point of like, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And I don't know what the, you know, I don't necessarily want to split hairs here, but I think this is a distinction that there's a difference between when people are stuck because they need to heal and between the people just simply not like almost doing basically self-sabotage. And I'm wondering if either one of you can speak to that. I will speak to that because I feel that that is something we see a lot with attachment trauma. And oftentimes self-sabotage has a really negative connotation and it is seen as something where someone is consciously just trying to get in their own way to prevent getting where they want to be. Um, and while I guess that's possible, I just don't know that it's likely. I think what's more likely to be the case is that what once served somebody and helped them survive something or get through something such as manipulation, um, may now no longer be serving them. Mm -hmm. And so when we take something from, you know, our past, a coping skill that maybe as a child, if you needed to manipulate an adult in order to get some nurturing or attention, well, then if you're taking that into an adult relationship and you're doing the same thing and then you're getting the same outcome, one might say, well, you just keep self-sabotaging these great relationships you have, or are you just doing what you've always done and not understanding that you inherently aren't bad and the thing that you're doing isn't inherently bad. It just doesn't work anymore. You don't need it. You've, you've, you've been able to get the use out of it that you're going to get. And so let's look at how it served you and appreciate that. But then let's look at how we can update that and find another way to meet that need. I love that. I think that really helps us to understand something about ourselves, which is from this old perspective versus a new or updated perspective, which is maybe back then I saw this manipulation as getting my needs met as survival, as self-protection. And so we've put these labels on it, both internally and even maybe with words, put a label on it that says, this is what it is. And it's a good thing. It's an adaptive thing. It's a helpful thing. When in reality, yeah, maybe that's true. It was back then. But as you said, Valerie, as you bring that into adulthood, it's no longer as effective or, or even a healthy thing. And we need to update that with a new perspective that says, actually, this thing that was adaptive is actually kind of harmful now. And I think that I guess what I'm getting at and what I'm hearing from you guys is that sometimes you can't see what you can't see because you've called it good and okay and helpful when in reality now as an adult, it's actually getting in the way. It could be the thing that's causing you problems. Yeah. And I think cause I get a lot of people in the same way and I'll talk so much with that about people that man in this environment, you know, that is what works for you because to survive that element, that's what you need to do. And as many people that will take that persona on as this is who they are. And for me, when you, when, when you're looking at it about, okay, I, I always tell people it's about how do you become more adaptable, more flexible um, is what you're after as far as like personal growth or healing or even just becoming more mentally stronger. It's being more adaptable in a, in a variety of settings. <clears throat> and so when your typical response would be to if I needed to manipulate or however, because that's how I got my needs met before, 
But now in this particular environment, when you're away from it, it's not serving you. And so it's not that you're wrong. It's not that there's something inherently bad. It's just the fact that the methods, tactics you're using isn't working. And the hard part can be is when you begin to see that, it can become so trained in the brain that this is just what I do when I feel this pressure, the uncomfortableness. And so working to try to retrain your response and really kind of train in a new response to that can become challenging. And I know a lot of people, when they do, they start to feel like not as secure. They feel not as confident. It's a learning curve, but it can definitely come. And I think that that's like the beauty of life, man, is when you can be adaptable and flexible in a variety of settings. It's just looking at what's going to benefit you in this environment right now and what isn't. Um, So those kind of things that I just want to throw out there. Yeah. Moving us on a little bit, I feel like you guys killed that. There seems to be kind of two extremes in therapy. So on the one hand, you've got folks like that. I think we all probably work with, but Valerie, you're like the trauma guru, Jiminy Christmas. You've got folks that are hurting so bad. They don't even really know what's happening with them. And they'll feel like literally they'll identify sometimes that they feel crazy, like what's happening. And then on the other side, you have a younger generation coming up that feels like they're supposed to be in therapy because they're supposed to be in therapy. And they're fine showing up like every week, you know, like, cause they're checking a box of awesomeness because they showed up, you know, I'm here for personal growth, bro. You know, (laughs) (laughs) how would, how would you, I guess, what what kind of nuggets would you give the folks that are just kind of showing up the millennials? Maybe we'll, we'll call them dum, dum, dum. (laughs) Not to be too specific. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I look at because sometimes it is when I got people where, and it's a common one when people come in on that one side of feeling crazy. Um, you know, they're going through some hard times or they're not themselves and they're just like, you know what? I just think I'm crazy. And many times I'll, I'll tell them it's, it's not that you are crazy. It's the fact that when you're in this environment, it's like this weather that you're in, this is what you're going to experience. It'd be like if I walk outside and it's cold, it's not the fact that I'm just... Uh, you know, something's wrong with me and my temperature is weird. No, I'm in an environment like that. So sometimes we're in an environment where it's very uncomfortable. We're going to feel like we're crazy. At other times, we could be in a relationship that isn't healthy for us and we start to feel crazy. Well, that's the feeling you get when you're in those. So knowing how to be attuned to your environment can work really, really well. Um, the other side of the coin, yeah, sometimes it's difficult when you get some of them coming in that they're just kind of here and you know, you might have a session with someone that is way, you know, really struggling. And then someone comes in, I'm just kind of here to show up because I'm supposed to kind of do this personal growth. I mean, I'll try to get to identify certain things. I'm a big person on personal growth. How do we help you improve? How do we help you get better? Um, but it does need to be that you need to be here because you want to. And sometimes, man, pain can be a hell of a motivator. And if there's not some that uncomfortableness or pain that you're experiencing, then, you know, that is a tough one. Aside from getting into conversations about what do you, what is your normal expectations of therapy? What do you expect that was going to be done here? You know, those kinds of things that you can kind of get into with, um, with a lot of them as well too. Yeah. I would say with some of the personal growth millennials, um, I think it's good to know how would you know if you're growing and how do you know if you're not and what is, what is personal growth look like to you? Who defined that? Who told you you needed to personally grow? And maybe it's, maybe I'm always looking 
through the trauma lens to see if I need to flush something out in that, like around their core beliefs or just, you know, things that they're inherently believing about themselves that may have come from a parent, you know, like, well, you need to go get help or you need to, you need to grow versus do they understand where they're at developmentally and what's appropriate? You know, like I think everyone between the ages of like 18 and 25 needs personal growth inherently because your brain is not done developing yet. And so, yeah, you do need some personal growth. But then again, it's because we're asking you to function in the in the world like an adult with sound, you know, thinking and judgment and responsibility. And you don't even have a fully developed brain. I mean, it's it's kind of an unfair situation. So in that personal growth, that journey, is it more that you need to grow or do you just need support as you're growing because your brain's not fully developed yet and you're making connections and maybe you just need some support in that while that's happening versus there's something wrong with you and you need to reach this next level. I love that. There's so much perspective shift that's going on in what you guys are saying that I think is, is so valuable. If you're looking at yourself a particular way, like I'm okay when maybe there is something going on that's not okay. Well, that can keep you from being able to see the issues that you have going on. Like if you're afraid of seeing something like you were saying earlier, Chris, or if you believe that you need to grow and maybe it's not necessarily that like I'm bad and I need to grow. It's that I actually just need support along the way. Uh, that's another one. You know, I've even seen a lot in the past couple of years where people have come in and said, something is wrong with me. I don't know what it is. I have these reactions. And it's like, the more I talk to them, the more I'm like, you actually kind of seem normal. Like, I think you're just having emotions about a situation that is warranted. And so that whole perspective shift of, of something's wrong with me because I'm feeling this way and I don't know what to do with it or I shouldn't be feeling it is like when you make space for those feelings or those experiences to just be what they are, it's like, oh, maybe I don't need to grow. I just need to accept them and move forward. So Valerie, what are your thoughts on that? I no, I agree a hundred percent with that. Uh, and then that lends itself to kind of looking at what does that mean for them? So when you have feelings and it maybe it's feeling a little out of control, what what is the meaning that you're making of that? What are you telling yourself about that situation and that experience? And what are you telling yourself about yourself as it's happening? And sometimes that will lend itself to a fear that they're holding such as my mom was really emotional. Um, and so I only saw emotion when it was really big and out of control and it was, you know, thrown onto me to do something about it. And so now I'm having these feelings or these emotions and I'm really scared. I'm going to be like my mom or so I feel like something's wrong. So even bring in context, giving the space for it, but then even trying to bring context in figuring out what the narrative is around that or the meaning that they're making of it to see if there's something that might need to be reworked in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think, cause me, I'm big with like a lot of narrative type work. And that's something that sometimes I get when, you know, those like 18 to 25 year olds will come in and sometimes what they, we find out is 
the narratives of what, what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to be don't quite match for how you are. And sometimes letting them know that you're okay just because you don't quite match this. And then I always tell people, especially the younger ones, like in high school, junior high, where I tell them it's like the K through 12 experiment, man. It's like in that, in that environment, people say this is who you are or you're this group or that group. And when you're done with that, it doesn't work like that anymore. But they'll take those on. And then as they get older, you know, some of them actually have pretty good insight where they said, you know, this isn't quite me now. Like this is, I didn't realize how my life kind of shaped me to this point and I need some help with this. And you can definitely go around and definitely work with them with that stuff. So, yeah. And I love this. That's a big thing is shifting your perspective. It's a great mental toughness tool to do is however you're looking at it, shift on multiple perspectives. It can be very valuable. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, we really appreciate having you guys on. I, uh, I think we inadvertently really spoke to the, the cultural pressure of personal growth that is placed is just kind of out there that people are thinking they're supposed to check boxes and then they're going to be fine, but they don't know what boxes to check and they don't know if they've been checked. Um, cause they don't necessarily feel any different, but I can, I, I really think that this podcast episode has been helpful for those folks to kind of know how to explore that a bit better. So we thank you for coming on and hope everybody has a great day. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast. So you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.